I'll, I'll come across someone's page and comment back to them. And then I'll send them a DM and say, did you change your, your, um, your profile picture? And they'll die. Like, they're like, Oh my God, how did you realize that? And I'm like, well, there's certain people have been around for so long and I really have gotten to know them and remember their, um, their handles and stuff. But, um, between that and the ability to use Instagram stories to poll, you know, there's great tools out there, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's super important to know who you're talking to. This lady does it all. Denise Bassey is the founder and editor-in-chief of Made. At the age of 12, she signed with Ford Models and began appearing in magazines like Elle and Marie Claire and campaigns for global fashion and beauty brands. After transitioning to acting, she relocated from her native Brooklyn to Los Angeles, where she worked in film and television, including starring as Raquel in VH1's Single Ladies. As a model and actress, she always paid attention to eating well and working out, but once she became a mother, the stakes were even higher. She was committed to raising her daughter as intentionally and naturally as possible. She began documenting her journey and her alternative choices via social media, from preparing plant-based clean meals and detoxing her home. Her followers' DMs, tweets, and comments soon made it clear. They wanted a permanent place to go to for more information, so she created MADE. Now make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone today and tag me and Denise as we want to know your feedback and what you loved most about today's episode. Make sure to also hashtag the influencer podcast so we can find your screenshots and then share them on our stories as well. If you're wanting even more influencer podcast goodness, well then you've got to meet us over on Facebook. That's right. You can join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to uplevel your business and chat with other amazing listeners. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Welcome to the influencer podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Denise. How are you? Hi, Julie. I'm great. How are you? I am so good. It is so great to have you um, on. I know that this has been, I think, like a year in the making of us of us getting our our schedules and our life together to be able to do this. It's so amazing that we finally did it and pinned down a date we could both do it. I think it's it's been like it's definitely been a year or longer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, we met through the motherhood space and world of Los Angeles. but I would love for you to share, um, for those who don't know you and don't follow your amazing, um, website and your incredible Instagram page and just your work, um, who you are and, and, and what you do and how you, you show up in this influencer space. Oh, okay. Um, well, my name is Denise Bassey and I am currently a mom, uh, of one and expecting another, uh, in June. I, before I became a mother, I was an actress and I, uh, was on a primetime show called single ladies, which, um, is the complete opposite of my life now. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, that was a scripted television show about being single and fashion and beauty and 
Um, I had a great time on that show because I got to play the kind of Sarah Jessica Parker of Sex in the City. So lots of guys, lots of fashion. And during my hiatus of uh, my second year of uh, leading the show, I got pregnant. <laughs> and, and you were like, okay, here I, I am like, now. This is probably, like, my producers are probably going to be, like, so happy with this crazy story that they could build around mm-hmm. this. But not sure I'm comfortable, like, making out with a new guy every week while I'm pregnant. <laughs> And does it sound sound appealing? (laughs) No, it was great. Like when I just like had my boyfriend who turned into my fiance and then he's like going to be my husband. And I was like still going to work and like hanging out with all these dudes, (laughs) but like not so, not so hot when you're pregnant. So, um, um, I also, which kind of surprises people. I was never the type of, it wasn't the girl growing up or the woman who was so focused on like getting married and having kids. I was, you know, I started modeling at 12, uh, started traveling on my own at 15, had my own place by, you know, before I turned 16 and was moving around and was really focused on my career. I come from a very amazing, hardworking blue collar family in Brooklyn, New York. And, um, and I was the first person in our family who got to kind of change the dynamic of, of, of what everyone else did. And so I was really focused on, you know, what can I do to kind of change the the future of my family? And I was really focused on work. And then I got pregnant and was like, oh boy, what happens now? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) And um, walked away from TV to really spend some time focusing and figuring out what type of a mother I wanted to be, what type of a birth I wanted to have. And in doing so, um, I realized that there was a certain path that I wanted to take that was kind of similar to what I was doing in my lifestyle already in terms of clean eating and, and taking care of myself with clean products. And But before it was very focused, you know, it was purely vanity. How do I keep myself looking, you know, in shape for camera and sex scenes? How do I keep my hair looking good? How do I keep my skin looking good? Because those were my my tools of my job. And then that became... I don't want my child sleeping in, in pajamas with flame retardants and she needs to eat organic because we, we thankfully can do that. And, you know, what is in plastic? And I kind of went down this rabbit hole of research. And what happened was I didn't know that I was necessarily content creating at the time, but because I wasn't on a set or I wasn't at an award show and I wasn't on a red carpet, I was sharing these moments with my audience from television. And my audience on social media started to grow because they were very interested in hearing about kind of these inter- like, uh, you know, alternative path. And um, that's pretty much how I fell into this and how I organically grew the community. I want to touch on a couple of things there because... Um you had said that, you know, you, you were never the the kind of woman or the type of woman that grew up wanting like, you know, the four kids and the white picket fence and the, and, you know, I find that so, so amazing and so beautiful and, and just so real because you honestly are one of the most natural, like, you were born to be a mom. (laughs) You are one of the most intentional mothers that I know. Your presence with your daughter is so inspiring. 
and just your ability to just really be there and really be still and really listen and really be present is so amazing. Thank you so much. And of course. And so I just, I, I find that just so just so beautiful how it was like you never really held on to that too tightly or, or attached to it. Um, but then yet when you receive that, it's like you just, you stepped into this, to this world of, of motherhood. So amazing. And, and that's really what led you to create made, um, yep. which is, which is your, your website. Um, and it's an, a fantastic website. I know that it's kind of, it's also a digital magazine as well. I would love for you to kind of share, you know, how that was cultivated. We know kind of where that just stemmed from, from what you shared, but then once your audience was really needing a place to go, how, um, how that was birthed. So basically <clears throat> what happened was, um, I started, I realized I was spending a lot of time talking to women. My audience definitely took a shift. Um, I had grown a bigger female community and everywhere from, you know, I don't have the partner yet. And, but when I do, I want to do it this way to, oh, this is exactly how I did things with my family or my children 15 years ago. And the women who were writing me were asking me for a cookbook because I cook a lot or a YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, they, they need a permanent place to go. Basically they, they wanted to have their own space to go where things didn't disappear within 24 hours, or they had to scroll intensely, you know, through an Instagram feed to find information. And there's, you know, obviously only so much you can, you can put on a caption and it took me some time to figure out, to be honest with you, I sat back and between being fearful of pivoting into something different and between just tr having to figure out a completely new industry, I sat back for probably a year and a half and just watched everybody who I thought really was doing things uh, from a digital standpoint really well. And um, I... I had a couple companies that came to me and kind of wanted me to do like a channel on their multi-network, their multi-channel network, or um, wanted to build something with me. And what I figured out, uh, thanks to my team, who at the time was not a digital team and really was just focused on theatrical, you know, film and television, they didn't know very much. But what they came back to me and said was, if this is what you really want to do, then you need to own your own stuff. Uh, and so I was like, okay, so now I'm going to go out and I'm going to create something and I'm going to own it and I'm going to run it. What, what do I do? And, um, that's when I decided that made was going to be, uh, first of all, it took seven months to, <laughs> to figure out that made was going to be called made, <laughs> um, between trademark and names that are already taken and trying to find something that really meant something to me that, that took some time. But I, I figured out that I wanted our, our home, our community to be a place where um, there was uh, diversity and women felt like they could come and hear about products that they could afford. They could hear about tips that they could implement. And so, you know, the focus of the site is, is for women who are balancing career, motherhood, and family, but who choose not to sacrifice self-care and style. Because I think, you know, once you become a mom, it can get easy to forget about yourself. And um, I'm definitely one of those people uh, who, who put everyone in front of, in front of myself. And I had to learn. That was, like, that was probably my biggest 
learning experience and becoming a mom was as much as, as I'm going to give my child and as much as I'm going to give my husband and our family, I really learned that I needed to show up for myself first. And then how were ways in which you started to do that? Because I know that showing showing up for ourselves so we can show up for others, especially as moms and a lot of, of my community who listen, that's a, that's a huge, huge thing. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. Do you remember, were there just little tweaks that you started to take or steps that you started to, to do, or, or I, you know, how were you able to kind of, um, do that in a way that you, that you allowed the guilt to, to not settle in and, and overtake you? I think that there's always, unfortunately, a little guilt, like, especially in the beginning, there's a lot of guilt and little by little every day, like even this morning, my husband took my daughter to school and he did circle with her. And I was like, gosh, should I have done circle with her? And I was like, no, you know, I really have to be ready for my, you know, for us today. And I have to show up for myself and for my call with Julie and you kind of let it go. But in the beginning, it was really tough. And it was like pulling off a bandaid. And honestly, what happened was we got to the point where Lennox May was uh, probably six months and dad couldn't get her down to sleep. And it wasn't his fault. It was the fact that I was doing too much and not allowing them to find their own rhythm. And I was mm. being kind of classic first mom, like, this is the way it does, you do it. And you have to do it this way. And this is how she likes it. And, and that's all very true between me and her. And so what I had to do was I couldn't stay in the house because she was crying for me. And she, she was breastfed. She was changed. She was ready to go for bed, but she knew I was there and I could hear her crying and I could only take that for 15 minutes. So what I did literally for probably a week is I got in my car and I drove in circles in the neighborhood and I did late night grocery shopping and I left until he could, got her down. And it was so hard, but I physically had to remove myself. And in my car, whether I sat and I was, you know, writing ideas, cause I, I tend to get a lot of ideas at night. Um, or I was in the grocery store or I was just doing laps. I realized that this was healthy because eventually they found their rhythm and she now goes to sleep to this day quicker with him than with me. <laughs> and yeah. I also received some time alone and then I had to start creating boundaries. And thankfully, you know, my husband is absolutely one of the best partners in the world. 
And I'm super lucky to, to have him. He shows up when, you know, as you probably know that he travels a lot. So when he's not here, it's me all hands on deck all day long. And, but when he's here, he really is 50% my partner in, in, in every which way. Um, but that really started with setting boundaries. And I think it's an important conversation as a parent to implement those boundaries in the beginning. And to this day, I still see girlfriends. I mean, a girlfriend said to me yesterday, she was like, Anthony made her lunch. And I was like, yeah, he made her lunch today. <laughs> he had to, I had to get up. I had a 4am conference call at London and, uh, you know, I had to keep on going with my day and he had to make her lunch. He's her father like that, that we have that dialogue that you are here to be a part of this as well. And, you know, and then sometimes it's about just scheduling it in and saying, my nails are something that are like, so like I'm OCD about my nails always have to be done. Mm -hmm. And he knows like it's in the family calendar. I'm getting my nails done from X time to this time. And that's scheduled in. Nobody bother me. Yeah. And I think that it's what's coming up for me is like that you learned how to release that control. Yeah. And you really just, you let him find his own guidance path Mm -hmm. with being a parent, you know, because you're equally parents. And, um, and I think that that's like when you touched on what your, what your friend had shared with you, like he, he made, yeah, he made her lunch and it's like, well, why wouldn't he? He's her He made her too. Right. (laughs) He made her too, but I think- He was there for the good times. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You got to enjoy all that. Um, but I think as, as mothers- Mm -hmm to just come in and take it over because if we want it done right, we have to do it ourselves and no one's going to do it the way that, that we do it. And and that may be true. No one is going to do it the way that you do it, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to do it, that they're going to do it wrong or that they're not going to be able to do it in a way that can- Well enough. Exactly. Well enough, beneficial, interesting, uh, different, unique, whatever that is. Um, so I- I, us. Totally. That's part of us and that's part society as well. Yes. Let's not forget about that. Like we're kind of placed in these roles. In these roles too. Oh gosh, how could dad wake up and make lunch? Right. Well, why not? Why does mom always have to make breakfast? Actually, Mm -hmm. he makes breakfast every morning that he's here. It's the only meal that he really makes well, but he does it. So there you go. Balance. Exactly. And, and letting people let as a team, like letting, and this goes into like running your own team, right? Letting people really work at what they're strong at. So yeah. mornings are not my thing. Like it, it, I'm, I'm a late bird and he is a person who loves to wake up, you know, super early six o'clock, go to the gym. And so he's already starting and I'm still like, I'm struggling. <laughs> so he also gets to exercise where, you know, where his, his strong parts are. Right. And then I love that you mentioned the business piece because I would love to know, you know, how, cause that's challenging in business. Yeah. So how were you able to then, because I, I, I remember this, this time for you when you were kind of in these trenches of like, of, of before you launched this mm-hmm. of just like getting all of this together, doing your research, testing all of mm-hmm. this stuff out, really figuring out what you wanted to put your name behind and how, how were you able to parlay this challenge of, you know, um, figuring out what to do and what to delegate and, and really letting people lead where they, where they, where they shine and, and you kind of, you know, staying in your lane where you shine. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, it's still, I'm, I'm still learning that. I think, you know, I launched the site 
the last week of June. So we're not, you know, we haven't even made a year yet. Um, and running my own business outside of like, you know, when I ran my own business, my entire life, since I'm 12, I was my only employee. Right. <laughs> so it's completely different. Um, and it's something that I'm still very much learning. Uh, it's, it's hard because made is what I called my second child. It's, it's something that I every day put a lot of love and thought and work into, but you, I know that I also have to seek balance. And so bringing on people and outsourcing, um, you know, vendors who can help me create the look that I want and the, the, and maintain my voice has been definitely challenging. Um, but I think that as you do it every day, more and more and more, you get more comfortable with the role. And I've definitely, I've definitely learned, learned things. I think in the beginning I was like, Oh, I want to be like the super cool boss. Who's like, kind of like your best friend. And, and, and I do want to still be that way, but I also know that I have to keep a, a line between what can get too personal because things can get too blurry. And if you allow people to kind of take advantage of that, they will. And I don't necessarily think that they do it in a, in a, you know, devious kind of way, but it, it just seems so comfortable. And so learning to keep the line between like boss and employee is really important. And I want to talk to you, um, about kind of the front of the scenes, if you will, with mm -hmm. the, with made, because you, you do a really, really good job of just knowing the content that your audience wants and delivering that in a way that is understandable, that's digestible. It's not too over the head or it, it doesn't, you know, make the reader feel like, well, I, I just can't do this. So how were you able to find that sweet spot and, and, and how much, um, I don't know if surveying is the right word, but how much mm -hmm. um, do you lean on your community for that content? A lot. So um, something that actually um, I think is a probably old school marketing tactic is like kind of like naming who you're talking to, knowing who she is, how much money does she make a year? What does she spend on things? What does she like? What does she eat? Where does she shop? So these are all kind of questions that I've answered for myself, for my, you know, kind of ideal person that I'm talking to. But then also I dropped a, um, I dropped my newsletter before I dropped the site. And so one of the things that we did after we started sending, um, subscribers, uh, after we start, started sending them kind of like welcoming letters and, little pieces of content here and there. One of the things that I did was I did a big, uh, survey monkey with, whew, it was a lot of questions. And I was so surprised we had 100%, 100, uh, uh, reply back. And we did like a little contest where I gave away some $50 Amazon gift certificates. And I was really able to hone in and know exactly who my reader was. One of the most Brilliant thing, my brilliant things my assistant said at the time was everything that I thought she was, she was. I had already known exactly who she was because I had spent so much time talking to her on social media. And because my community is still very, um, if, like I, I can 
I'll, I'll come across someone's page and comment back to them. And then I'll send them a DM and say, did you change your, your, um, your profile picture? And they'll die. Like, they're like, Oh my God, how did you realize that? I'm like, well, there's certain people have been around for so long and I really have gotten to know them and remember their, um, their handles and stuff. But, um, between that and the ability to use Instagram stories to poll, you know, there's great tools out there, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's super important to know who you're talking to. I mean, Mm. that's kind of, that's kind of why I'm here. And in terms of keeping everything digestible, that's always been my main, main concern because there's other sites that I absolutely love, but, um, but maybe we talk to, we talk to people, this is the same audience, but very differently. And I try to remember like kind of where I came from and who I am and that I want the women who look like me and who came from places that I came from Brooklyn, who come from blue collar, uh, sorry, who come from blue collar families, working families, um, are able to like afford the things that I'm talking about. And it doesn't mean that like, I might not, suggests like this is the version that I have because I decided to make an investment, right? We talk about making this is an investment. I might buy something that's a couple hundred dollars, but that's because I know that it's a true investment. If you're not ready to make that investment, here are some other options that are more affordable until you are ready. And I think making things accessible is is was really the point of of me because I wanted people to to make I wanted to inspire people to make changes that they could actually do. And sometimes, sometimes things can feel very um, intimidating and it's not, it's not the lane that I wanted to go down. Mm. Um, And you just, you do a great, I mean, you just do such a great job at it. I just, I love your site. I think it's amazing. What, for someone who's never been to made before, what would you recommend for their, their journey for the first time of checking out first? Is there any particular, um, posts that have really resonated with readers? Is there something that you just feel really passionate about that you're like, you you have to read this, you have to start to consume this knowledge and start thinking about it and applying it to your life? Okay. So the first thing that I can think about honestly is that the summer is coming up and, uh, we had a post that ran, uh, in July that will be updated and, and, and rerun in a couple, you know, a couple more months And it's about swimming and swim safety. It has nothing to do with product. It has nothing to do with self-care, but it's something that I'm super, super passionate about. Um, I almost drowned when I was 10 years old and spent the rest of my life still in love with the water. And as soon as my daughter was, gosh, she must've been two months, I took her into the pool. And as soon as she was about six months old, we started swim lessons and she's been swimming ever since. And it's something that I think is not a recreational activity. It's not ballet. It's not soccer. This is a life skill that might save her life or might save someone else's life. So that's something I'm super, super passionate about. And, um, then I would say going to the nurture section, uh, which is our kind of the heaviest in terms of content section, which deals with nurturing your relationships. And that has to do with parenting. And so it might be, you know, five ways to 
uh, you know, connect with your child, or it might be five ways to take some time for yourself. Because I think when we think about nurturing our relationships, we spend a lot of time thinking about nurturing our relationship with our children or our partner. But again, we forget that we have a relationship with ourselves and that relationship needs to come first. So I would say that that's a great place to, to start. And um, yeah. And then we have other great stuff like food, you know, obviously a, a big component of what I talk about is uh, healing yourself from the inside out. So making sure we're eating good quality food, organic when it's, when it's available and possible and kind of that that is the way to avoid going to the doctors and not that doctors aren't great. They're amazing. And they're there for kind of, you know, amazing, great um, emergency situations and technology and, and all that kind of advanced Western medicine is amazing. But how do we keep ourselves from even getting to that point? And I am a true believer that that comes from what we put in our bodies and that we need to make conscious choices about what we eat and especially what our children eat. Mm. And speaking of, of food, um, one of the th- one of the things that I've always noticed about your relationship with your daughter is how balanced she eats and how well she eats. I mean, I re- even remember her at a very young age. I mean, you just, you introduced her to things like kale yep. <laughs> and just very, very young to where it's just a natural part of how she eats. How have you been able to do that as she's gotten older? And, you know, she, she sees things like cupcakes and, mm-hmm. you know, just sugar and all of the other things. And then when life gets busy and things happen, you know, how do you keep her on that routine of just eating really clean and healthy? Um, thank you. Like you said, one is introducing it very early and it being the norm. Uh, the other thing is about conversation and, and keeping the dialogue very open. Uh, what I talk to other moms about is think about how we might take our children like apple picking, or we explain how, you know, a rabbit pulls a carrot out of the ground. Right. But we don't necessarily point out the fact that a chicken is a chicken or that cow's milk comes from cow. There's certain things. And so for us, we always keep the dialogue open with Lennox May. We always explain to her kind of where things come from, why they're good and why they aren't. Um, she doesn't eat meat as most people, um, most people who follow our journey know, um, and she doesn't eat dairy or gluten. And so she's become accustomed to these words, the vocabulary, using them and asking questions. She will literally go into a new restaurant and say, excuse me, do you have any gluten-free bread? It's amazing. Um, but we go, but when we go to the market, not every single time we go to the market, but every couple of weeks, we, we go by the meat section and we talk about that this comes from animal and that one day she's going to be able to make the choice and taste things and find out if she feels better having animal product or she doesn't. So we never want to talk about no, or the words like diet or like having a cheat day. Like I always say we indulge. Because why, why are you cheating on yourself? <laughs> like the word cheat comes with so, so many bad definitions to me, right? So we, we'll go to Europe and, and she'll see that I'll have, I'll have some cheese in Europe. And um, actually, I'm having some cheese right now because my, my midwife wants me to for the baby. Um, 
And she'll ask me and I says, oh, mom's going to indulge a little bit, or I might have, you know, some of this or some of that. And she'll, she'll, right now her biggest question is when I was in your belly, did I eat that? And mm-hmm. so, um, which is always yes, cause I'm pretty much doing, um, everything almost the same, except I'm not, I'm not eating meat this pregnancy. Um, but she knows that I ate meat during her pregnancy. And so keeping the dialogue open is I think a big key in teaching our children healthy food habits and never using the word no, or you can't. Um, and then we kind of make arrangements. So when she was much younger and we went to a birthday party, uh, we would bring stuff with me. I would bring like a bowl of fruit. And as she got a little bit older, I might bring a cupcake that we made at home, which is a big kind of component in keeping her happy. Cause she feels like she had a part in making this. And so, um, she's excited to eat the muffin that she made. And now we go to birthday parties and obviously our very close friends are very conscious of, of how we eat. And so they, they've been nice enough to make a special arrangement or they get a cake that is good for everybody. Uh, but we'll go to a party and she'll say, Oh, I'm not going to have this cake. Cause I know it's not, um, it's not gluten-free mom. Can we go for kippies afterwards, which is like a superfood ice cream shop near my house. And I go, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's keeping just the balance in that. Keep, and- keeping the conversation open and balancing and introducing, introducing things. I mean, she loves Brussels sprouts. Like mm-hmm. uh, when I was her age, I you couldn't pay me to have, mm-hmm. couldn't bribe me to eat a Brussels sprout. And I, it just, it, it empowers her to make her own decisions, which yeah. is really cool. Um, that's, that's amazing. I've always just been very, um, inspired by, by, by the way in which you, you treat that and, and just, um, welcome her into that that just part of her life and don't just be like, well, you can't have this. You can't have this. You have to, you know, it's, it just kind of becomes this natural part. Um, so thank you for, for walking us through that and sharing how you do it. And hopefully those who may be finding the challenges in that can get some gleans from that as well. Um, so before we wrap this up, I would love for you to, um, tell us where we can start to, kind of search more about the content that you create, uh, where we can find made, um, and what is to come for you, um, throughout the rest of this year. So obviously you can head to the site made.co, M-A-E-D.co. And then you can find me on Instagram at Denise Fassi and, uh, my Facebook page as well as Denise, actually everything, Denise Fassi, Twitter and Facebook and where the year is to go. Well, obviously we'll have a lot of, um, a lot of prenatal and postnatal, uh, content coming along and getting ready for kind of the big summer hits, like sunscreen, you know, super, super important. We're talking, we're going to be talking a lot about, um, chemicals and stuff that are, that might be affecting our newborns. And obviously that's the stage that I'll be in again. So what I think is fun is if you've missed any of that stuff on Instagram with me four years ago, we've kind of got the opportunity now to re-educate people. And, um, and I'm hoping to do a lot of, uh, more video content towards the end of the year. Yeah. The videos are, they're just, they're awesome. And they're, they're They're so well done. Yeah. And everything. For sure. Um, 
I love the, I love the photos too. You just have like, I just, I love your brand. It's just awesome. Yes. You've done a fantastic job. Um, okay. Before we wrap this up, one more question. What does influence mean to you? Ah, the ever, ever big Julie Solomon question. So I, I have to be honest with you. I have a, a little bit of a stigmatism to the word influence. Like it sounds sometimes negative to me and I, I, it's obviously not, but influence well, it can be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess because we've always known it that way and it's, it's in the last couple of years, it's had such a great, it's, it's actually had such a, a great definition behind it. But I think that influence is a responsibility. And for me, it is always about inspiring people and taking that responsibility very seriously. And that was something that I had thought about deeply when I was just an actress. And now it's, and now even more so that I can use the platforms that I have to inspire people to create change. And it's not about saying that, oh, I do everything right, or this is the way you do it. More so than anything, I want to influence people to ask more questions and to seek alternative answers especially if they're not happy with some of the traditional options that they have. So all in all, I would say that influence is, is a very, very heavy responsibility. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, um, it's a great perspective to that. Cause it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. And if you want to dive deeper into some of these topics, make sure to screenshot this episode and uh, let Denise and I know what your biggest takeaway was. And we would love to um, share those screenshots on our stories as well and answer any other questions that you may have so we can dive deeper. So thanks so much again. Um, Really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your wisdoms today. Thank you, Julie. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you and let's do lunch soon. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place, next week. Next time on the Influencer Podcast. I just have a sense of, you know, this person really embodies the brand. Yes, their content is beautiful, but beyond that, I know that they are incredibly hardworking, incredibly professional, and they really love this brand. And that I think is a key part of a successful partnership is really getting to know the person. I mean, it's, it's like dating, right? You're on a, I met my husband on Tinder, so I can say this, you're, you're on a dating app and you see a picture and they look great, but you need to, you need to date a little.